Welcome to the 1% Club. If you guys want access to all my MMA plays and tell exactly what I'm doing, make sure you join the Discord by clicking the link in the description below. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 1% Club podcast. I'm here for our weekly betting breakdown with my man Shay. Uh, let's, I know we're, we had a little, we had a week removed, but let's talk about the big, uh, big pay-per-view. We gave, we gave three plays, right? And I don't know if you want to recap any on your own, but I know we gave, we gave three plays that we really liked. I played Altamirano, uh, Woodson pushed and, uh, Leon Edwards, uh, with a profit on my ple- uh, three plays is 0.85. You played, uh, F- uh, Fletcher, you played Gordon and you played Marab, which puts you at a profit of, uh, 0.05, but if you go through the uh, if you go through the entire plays, we had a we had a, a decent week if I can remember correctly. Is there any any plays that you want to recap on your end? Oh well, I'm pretty sure I played Leon Edwards too, and um, I also played Parham. So I'm not sure what Podge has listed over there. I mean, yeah, Morab was the biggest play. I feel like that fight kind of went. You know, we just, I felt like Morab probably wouldn't get the takedowns, but would hold him up against the fence, just like uh, Volkanovski did. That's pretty much all he did. Easy decision. I think we were both on Leon. Um, Leon did some things well. I did say Leon should not go for any takedowns. He actually landed one and got the mount in the first. What do you know? But um, yeah, profitable weekend. We also crushed it on the contenders last night, like nine and one. We hit some big doors. Nine and one. So things are looking good. Love it. Well, let's get into this card. I don't know about you, but I absolutely uh, love this card. We're just going to cover the main card. Last week we had pay-per-view. I think we finally got a format that we like. Pay-per-views, we're going to cover the entire card. And then on these fight nights, we're just going to cover the main card. So uh, starting out, I covered this one in the in the show earlier in the week. Charles Jordan versus Nathaniel Wood. This fight for me is is super exciting. I'm I'm really excited for this one. I'm a big fan of both these guys, and I've kind of uh, in the past I've kind of faded Jordan, but I, I have seen a huge huge improvement on his end. I've always been a Nathaniel Wood fan. I think the weight uh, weight move up for him was great. I think it was a great idea. Jordan. Stock is going up. Woodstock is going up. I'm super excited for this fight. I think it's going to be a very close fight. The first thing that sticks out to me is going to be the over or the fight to go the distance. Uh, if I had to play, for me, like without even looking at the line, I know what the line is, but for me, without even looking at the line, I would have to play whoever's plus money here. Uh, I believe that's Nathaniel Wood at like plus 115 or something like that. Um, I think both these guys are very evenly matched. I'm really excited for this fight. Your thoughts? I actually have a side bet with Jeff Molina on this one. I mean, I'm going to own the rights to Jeff's firstborn son soon if we keeps it up. But um, as far as the uh, as far as the uh, <laughs> actual fight, Jordan definitely has the power advantage. Um, I think it's safe to say that Wood has the grappling advantage. To me, everything else is pretty close to equal. I expect this. I think we'll see a lot of south quiet of Jordan. Jordan likes the stance switch a lot. I think we'll see a lot of southpaw from him to try to shut down the low rider from Nathaniel Wood. I actually don't know if that's a terrible thing because while Wood does have a great low rider, he takes pictures sometimes and he can be countered um, off the low rider. He's not, at, he's not back to a defensive plus position fast enough off the low rider. And I think the biggest danger in this fight is Jordan catching him. He is... When he's throwing the open side body kick or the high kick, like he's back to defensive position much faster. So I actually think that that may help him a little bit. Um, 
I, I, you got to take the dog over here. One thing I'll say, one thing I will say, like, when you're handicapping fights, you don't want to land on something obvious. Like, we, we've spoken about this a lot. Like, everyone, everyone saw Jordan. Jordan looked incredible versus Burgos, which is why he's favored here, even though he lost. But he looked incredible there. Everyone knows that. Vegas knows that. Anyone that's betting this fight knows that. If you're looking to find value in a fight, you're trying to find something that has not been incorporated into the line. I feel like there's a little bit of, you know, a buy low on Wood over here. I think Jordan's been a little bit hyped. This line's a little bit hyped up. I feel like this is a pick em fight. Jordan does have the power advantage. If you go by the numbers, Wood is a little bit of an edge in the volume, a little bit of the edge, a little bit better defensively. And he's got the grappling edge. I wouldn't be surprised if he steals a round or two the way Burgos did, you know, by just um, grappling a little bit. To me, it's a dog. I played the Wood plus 125. Pretty big position for me. I, I, I agree. I think there's some I, – I like – I think people are factoring in on the line Jordan's uh, momentum. But what is not getting factored in, I think, is actually being downplayed is the move up for Wood, which I count as a good thing. I think the line makers are looking at that as a bad thing. So to, for me, when you say something that the line isn't taking into account, for me, that would be the X factor that the bookmakers are not taking into account. They're looking at as a negative. I personally think it's a positive. He looked great against Charles Rosa. Now Charles Rosa is also uh, not Charles Jordan. So anyway, moving on, uh, John McDessie versus Nazrat Hapkrist. I'm super excited for this fight as well. This fight, uh, both these fights honestly could be, could be sleepers, um, but I think it, I, I, there's a statistic out there. If there's like a nine or 10 year age gap, I think the the younger guy wins like 69% of the time or something like that. And then whenever I match these guys up skill for skill, uh, I, I think Nazareth just has a little bit more power. Uh, McDessie is tricky. He's, he, if, McDessie is a, is a really tough guy to fight if you don't understand the how to fight him, if that makes, if that, if that makes any sense at all. But I think Nazareth is going to be the, the bigger, more physical, more powerful fighter. I think he's going to land the bigger shots. And uh, because of that, I do have him winning this fight. I am a little concerned with the volume of Hapkris. That is my one uh, concern of this. But MacDessie is not a big volume puncher either, uh, and he has slowed as of late. Obviously, Father Time is undefeated. I thought he was done. I thought MacDessie's career was done a long time ago, and then he looked great in his last outing. My problem is, is his inactivity. Hapkris stays much more active than him. He's younger. He's faster. He's stronger. It's harder. I'm going to go with Hapkris on this. Tell me what your thoughts are. To me, McDessie at this point is kind of like this uh, starting pitcher that goes out every every week and gives you six innings, three runs. Like, he's as average a fighter as there is. Like, if you're a below average fighter, he'll split decision you. If you're a really talented fighter, I feel like he's going to lose to you. He's always starts slow. His volume, as you said, is always, always suspect. He's tricky. He'll find his, he'll figure Very out tricky. a way to steal rounds. He's, he hangs in there. But I just feel like, I mean, Hackbreast, Nasrat is an interesting guy. He's got really great hands. I really love his angles. He takes great angles with the boxing, where he's, which makes it really tough to counter him. The one flaw of him tends to be that he's a little bit overly reliant on the hands. He, he falls in love with the boxing. However, in this, in this matchup, I just feel like he will have the volume edge. He's not, he doesn't have great volume generally, but I think he'll have better volume than Magdesi. And the angles are going to make it tough to counter. And for a slow starter like McDessie, if he's not finding those counters, I feel like he's going to give away the first round. I personally played Nasrat. I played him earlier, though, at like minus 190. The line is now at minus 225. 
230 is my cutoff. At 230, I play Nasrat. 235, I'm passing already. So if you guys finding anything better than 230, I'll play Nasrat. Smaller position. Anything worse than that, I just lay off. Let's go to the next fight. Let's just run through these. Alessio DeCirco. 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 I chopped it up. DeCirco. My man. Yep. You're saving the day again. Here we go. Alessio DeCirco versus Roman Kapilov. Uh, I'll let you lead off on this one. Tell me, uh, let's, I'll let you get going. I have my own personal opinion on this, but I'll let you lead off on this one. I actually have a pretty big position on this fight. DeCirco has shown me enough. I think it's safe to say he's shown us enough to tell us that he's not very good. Kapilov has not proven to me that he's not very good yet. He actually did look very good um, in his last fight out. Um, and from a technical standpoint, I feel like this is a bad matchup for DiCarico. Kapilov is, is going to be the higher volume guy here. DiCarico is a low volume guy. And he's got this, he's got this sort of long bladed stance um, which I think um, Kapilov can expose. Kapilov's got a, a very good low inside kick, and he's got a really good check hook, which I think he's going to find DiCarico a lot with. DiCarico's got the long-bladed stance with a lead hand down. I feel like that check hook is going to be there all day. And I think there's a little bit too much stock placed in the high kick he landed versus Buckley. Can he catch Kapilov the same way? Perhaps, but Kapilov's got a more upright stance than Buckley, keeps his hands up, and... Outside of that high kick, DiCarico's, he's 1-4, I think, in the UFC. Like, he's, he just doesn't win rounds. He doesn't win fights. I'm not high in him at all. I expect Kapilov to have the better volume. I think stylistically, Hollandi, it'll be a little bit of a cat-mouse game. Either he's landing the low inside kick when, when uh, DiCarico adjusts a little bit, turns a little inwards. I think that check hook is going to be there. I'm very high in Kapilov in this fight. I played him at minus 105. I think there's a lot of value in Kapilov over here. I'm torn on this one. I got to be honest with you. I'm torn on this one. Uh, I like the I like the durability of DiCarico here, but I've, I I like him. But you're you're 100 correct, and the volume of his is extremely low. And uh, Kapilov looked incredible in his last fight out against uh, Albert Duraev. He looked really good and really impressed me. His striking looked very good. Uh, and and uh, my my issue with him is if DiCarico tries to wrestle. You know, we're talking about Kapilov is a guy that's been out wrestled by by Roberson, who's not known to be uh, he's not known to be a wrestler. You know, he's he's a he's known to be a, a pure striker. So that kind of concerns me a little bit. That you know, maybe uh, DiCarico could hold him up against the fence for for fifteen minutes. I've just seen I've seen Kapilov look really good, and I've seen him look really bad. So it just kind of concerns me that, that we've seen some you know inconsistencies in his game. But you, as far as you said, stylistically, this is a good matchup for him, and because of that. Uh, you know, I, I'm torn on this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pass on making a pick on this one. But I think it's gonna be who shows up, who wants this fight. I think both these guys are in desperate need of a win here. And uh, but, but you are correct. And stylistically, I do think this favors Kapilov. And uh, after hearing you vocalize some of the things you did, it makes uh, it kind of sways me towards Kapilov a little bit. Kapilov for me all day. I really feel I'm pretty confident Kapilov gets it done over here. Come in event. Um. I'm excited for this one. I really am. This this fight is for me is the clear cut number two, number two contender until Alex Pereira has something to say about it. But as it sits right now, the number two middle middleweight in the world I think is going to be decided by Robert Bobby Knuckles Whitaker versus Marvin Vittori. Uh, for me, I love Vittori, man. Vittori has made me a ton of money, and I think he gets a lot of disrespect in the lines because he's. We've talked about this before. He's not super sexy. 
And what does that mean? We're, we're, that just means he's not he's not flying all over the place. He's not spinning. He's not he's not knocking people out uh, viciously. He's just got he's very consistent. And he's good everywhere. My problem with that is is against somebody like Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker. He's just gonna have a hard time finding him. And, and Whitaker is so good. He's he's so uh, his movement is so good. He mixes up a, a diverse set of strikes and. Uh, I just I have a hard time. I think he's gonna have a hard, really hard time finding Whitaker out there. I think he's gonna have a hard time tracking his feet, and that's where I see the biggest uh, the biggest difference in this in this play out is uh, is his ability to track Whitaker and find him. If he can find him, you always have to worry about Matori putting somebody on the wall or taking him down. Uh, there's just not very many people that tell Whitaker down. I can't think of a single one. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but off the top of my head, I cannot think of a single one. I can't think of a single person that's held him against the fence. And really, I can't think of a single person that's just bested him for, for three rounds either. Like outside of maybe 170 fights, you know, but I'm talking about as a middleweight, his only two losses are to, are to Israel Adesanya, right? Like, and one of those was by, by decision. So, uh, I just, it's hard for me to bet against Whitaker against anybody not named, uh, Israel Adesanya at middleweight. And I think Vittori not having a danger factor here is, or I should say not having one, but not having a big one is a concern for me here. Uh, now, if you say like, for me, the, the play of the, the play of the week that sticks out to me is this fight goes to the distance. That's the, that's the one. But immediately as I say that my concern is, is Whitaker has been clipped a few times and I don't want to say he's chinny cause he's not chinny. He's getting hit by, by good guys, but uh, that is a concern of mine. You know, I just don't see Vittori having the power to put Whitaker away. Uh, Whitaker, you know, ha- fought much bigger punchers, much faster punchers than Vittori hung around. Is it possible that Vittori sleeps him? Yeah, of course it's possible. I just don't think it's probable. And, and I don't see Vittori outbesting Whitaker for three rounds because of that. I'm going to go with Bobby Knuckles, even at minus 230. Man, this really is the battle of the number two and number three guys in this division. Um, the only losses these two dudes have had have been to Adesanya like in the last God knows how many years. Yep. The Sharps do love Vittori in this spot. A lot of sharp money has been coming in on Vittori. The line has now dropped. Uh, Whitaker's around now, minus 200 now. He, we opened up at around 235, 240. My problem with Vittori is, and man, you said it, I, I love Vittori as well. He's got all the intangibles. He's got tremendous cardio. He's got heart. He's tough. He's durable. This guy trains his ass off. The only thing he doesn't have is exceptional technique anywhere. He's not a great striker. Pretty vanilla, pretty standard. Not a great wrestler like his... He's strong, but his finishing abilities really lacks. Like anyone with a decent wizard just stops him against the fence. Like he, He's not great technically anywhere. Robert Whitaker has made a career of destroying vanilla guys. Like, if you even look, granted, he lost Adesanya twice. I thought maybe he won the second fight. But if you look at the match, if you look at the common opponents that Adesanya and Whitaker share, like Kelvin Gastelum, Jared Cannonier, Whitaker beat them much more soundly than Adesanya did. Like, Whitaker against average guys, against, I shouldn't say average, but vanilla guys, he eats that up. That's, that's what he does. What, he, he does have one hole, I believe, and that's he has been a little chinny of late. Uh, Jared caught him once late in the third in a fight that he dominated. Adesanya put him to sleep. But I just don't think Vittori has that kind of power to put him away. And I don't think he has the technique. You can't be just straight up vanilla and think you're going to catch Whitaker. Whitaker's too good defensively to catch him that way. Honestly, I struggle to see where Vittori wins this fight. He's not taking him down. I don't think he's knocking him out. 
Like, is it possible he sleeps in? Maybe. But that's the only way I feel like he wins this fight. I got to play Whitaker, yeah. and I completely agree with you with the over. Um, I hit the over pretty hard. I hit Whitaker pretty hard. To me, I just feel like this is a Whitaker decision all day. I will say this. The last note I'm going to leave with this is Whitaker has been around for a long time, and the years are adding up. The, you know, everything is starting to add up. And I feel like Vittori's got, got some better days ahead of him where – uh, you know, Whitaker's still number two guy, but I have seen, I, I don't want to say I've seen him decline, you know, but maybe, maybe we start to see a plateau a little bit. I don't, I don't know. I could be wrong here, but I got, I got Bobby Knuckles, man. I'm a big fan of his. I love his footwork. The footwork is going to be the difference in this fight. In my opinion. Let me ask you one thing. Coach Robert Whitaker just lost out of signing for the second time. It's kind of yep. like, is there an, is there going to be a real, you think there's a real emotional letdown where, gosh, I'm never making it to the top again. I got to start again. Do you think that will be a factor at all? Like, he, he strikes me as a pretty even-keeled guy. Like, whatever, I don't care. I'm going to go out and win. Do you think that will be a factor at all? No. I think he's a high-level competitor, man. He really is. He's a high-level competitor. And uh, he can't go back down to 70, and he can't go up to 205. So he's he's stuck here. And, uh, no, to answer your question, no. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a factor at all. I think he's going to do what he does best and uh, – and uh, Matador, Vittori to death here. And then lastly, we have uh, my man, Serial. Surreal gone. Tied to Ivasa. Uh, you lead off on this one. Go ahead. Tell me your thoughts on this. Man, I hate to say this. Um, I know Podge loves Ty. We all do. He's fun. He's great for the sport. I think this is the fight where people are going to be like, damn, Ty was never really any good. Like, this dude was almost knocked out by Greg Hardy, let's not forget. Like, he landed a nice counter after he was wobbled. Like, this is just, the level and skill is just, the disparity is just drastic. Like, what's Ty going to do to him? Like, is Ty going to catch him? No, he's not going to find him. He's not going to catch him. He's way too slow. Gon can just do whatever he wants. He'll dance around. Maybe he'll finish him late. Kind of liking the over a little bit. I feel like uh, Gon will play with his food. A little bit before he puts him away. Maybe Ty is tough and gets at a finish line, but Gon's gonna be out landing him like ten to one over here. Like I don't know unless can he land the lucky punch? Yeah, anything is possible. But Gon is just about the toughest dude to land that lucky punch on. Francis couldn't do it. I mean, unless Ty becomes a wrestler like uh, Francis became, that's I, I think there's a better chance Ty wins this fight by somehow magically surprising us with his grappling than landing the lucky shot. I mean, gone for me all day. Gone's the play for me. You yeah. got to play the juice. Uh, I just don't see how gone loses this fight. Listen, I'm a huge Tatu Ivasa fan. Love him. Love the shoey deal. Uh, love his power. Love watching him fight. I'm a huge fan of his. He's made a career off of busting people's skulls. And uh, I think he's great. All that being said, I think Cyril Gone's going to make this look easy. Uh, he's made a career off of not getting hit. Francis couldn't touch him in five rounds, I might add. Derek Lewis couldn't touch him. Volkov couldn't touch him. Rosenstrike couldn't touch him. JDS couldn't touch him. Guys with big power. Dontel Mays, I know he's not that good, but he's got power. All these guys couldn't touch him, man. None of these guys could touch him. He's got the best footwork. Skill for skill, I think he's the the best heavyweight on the planet. Skill for skill. Uh, across the board skill. I, don't, I, I just think, honestly, I think that uh, you could not find a worse matchup for, for a guy like Tai Tuivasa. To me, Tai Tuivasa and Derek Lewis are very – I mean, you couldn't find two very, very similar fighters. They're very similar. Ty is, uh, I think Ty is a slightly better version of Derek. And 
I just I don't see I, I find I think Ty has to hit a home run to win this fight. There's no way he's grappling uh, gone for five rounds. It's not happening. Uh, I do like the over though. I think I like it a little bit more than you. I think it's over two and a half. I like that quite a bit here actually. Uh, my only concern with him be like taking him down. You know, I think, but I think, I think Gon's going to prove a point here, man. He did it with Lewis. Every time, every time people doubt him, like with the Rosenstrike fight, uh, he did it with Rosenstrike, he did it with JDS, he did it with Derek Lewis. Like with these guys that have power and they're going to knock him out, he always seems to like, ah, no, I'll one up you. I'll show you how good I am. You know, uh, I, I just think this fight's tailor made for him to win. I love Ty. I think he's incredible, but I think he's got to hit a home run to hear, uh, I think he's got to hit a home run to win this fight. I just don't see it against a guy that is seemingly, uh, unhittable. You know, at heavyweight, he's got the best feet. And I'm, listen, is it possible? It's absolutely possible. I just don't see it happen. Like I said, Rosenstrike couldn't do it. Gone couldn't do it. Um, Francis couldn't do it. Volkov, Rosenstrike, uh, Lewis, JDS, all those guys. None of those guys could hit him clean. I don't expect Ty Tui Boss to do it. Is it possible? Absolutely, it's possible. Probable? I don't think so. I think that's the only way Ty gets him out of there and wins this fight is by knockout. Uh, I think uh, I think Cyril's going to cruise to a, a later finish uh, or a decision maybe even. Yeah, the only thing I'll push back on a little bit is I don't think Ty Tivas and Lewis are that similar stylistically. Lewis kind of waits for you. You know, he waits to set up those counters, which was a disaster versus Gon because Gon just picked him apart. The counters were never there. You just couldn't find him. Ty just pushes forward a little more. He's going to come out swinging, but I don't think the result is going to be any different. He's going to swing. He's going to miss. Gon will counter. Gon, this will actually... I think this will actually make allow Gon to look a little better. Like he's gonna have the opponent actually chasing after him, and he'll be able to land those counters. He'll be able to show off his movement a little more. But the end result, and again, I'm not. I completely agree with you on the over. Like at two and a half, like I'm seeing a two and a half, like minus two twenty five, two thirty. I'll definitely play that. I agree with you. I think if the finish comes from Gon, it's probably later. Not a big play for me. For me, the play is I hammered Gon. Like you know, some don't guys don't get scared away. Minus five fifty. Who cares? If Gon is going to win this fight 95% of the time, all that matters is if you take this play 100 times, you're going to make a boatload of profit. Gon is not losing this fight 1 out of 5 times, 1 out of 6 times. It's not happening. It's 1 out of 12 times to me. The line is just way off. And um, I still think there's a ton of value on Gon. It sounds crazy. Minus 550 value. Yes, there's value on Gon. Just like we'll play a dog at plus 750 if we think there's value. We'll play a favorite at minus 550 if we think there's value. And to me, there's a ton of value in Gon over here. Agreed, hundred percent. Well, hopefully, we gave uh, give these guys some money. We got another week, uh, man. You absolutely destroyed Contender Series, good lord, and and you have just been murdering Contender Series. So, uh, profit last uh, last card crushed Contender Series. I, I feel really good about this card. I like what we have in. Hopefully, we can make these guys some uh, some cash. So, I appreciate you coming on again, man. Thank you for doing the breakdown show with me. As always, I think we give these guys some great content. You guys like what we're doing, like, comment, subscribe on the tube. Appreciate y'all.